government to restore our souls. We put our faith in Almighty God. You voted to make America great again. We are making America greater than ever before. And it's happening before your eyes. We will rekindle new faith in our values, new pride in our history, and a new spirit of unity that can only be realized through love for our great country. The American people voted to reject this corrupt globalism. This is the most important election in the history of our country. And yet, despite all of our greatness as a nation, everything we have achieved is now in danger. We will never give up. We will never concede. It doesn't happen. And when I'm reelected, the best is yet to come. to the Hip Hop Patriot. Probably one of the largest letdowns in political history. Just have fun. Keep fighting, God wins. We love real Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Live from America. You're locked and loaded right here with the ever-so-humble, God-fearing, and God-loving host of the show, Jeremy Harrell, the hip-hop patriot, coming to you from the live, free, or die granite state of New Hampshire. God bless you. Thank you so very much for trusting me and putting me in this position Every single day of the week. It's really, really, really a blessing. And I appreciate it, folks. Look, there's a lot going on right now up in Canada. Today was not a good day for law-abiding, patriotic Canadians. And now we know why the police chief was fired last week. The story when he got fired was that he was mistreating people in the chain of command below him. But ladies and gentlemen, the proof is in the pudding. And we don't have to believe anything we hear, especially on Canadian mainstream media. Tried to make the guy look like a bad guy when all reality, it was because he wouldn't give the order. We now know this. We now know this to be true, that it was because he would not give the order to go in and start cracking skulls and that's exactly what has happened over last night and then of course all through today in Canada it's not a very very good sight to see but I'm going to show you a few uh, videos right now the first video that I'm about to show you instead of doing the cold open today I really wanted to describe what you're about to see I'm not going to play the whole video for you because there's a lot of profanity in it And we didn't have time today to go in and bleep it all out. But I will play you the portions that I can play you. And what I'm about to play you right now is police actually going inside of people's vehicles, grabbing them and ripping them out of their cars and literally pointing their uh, weapons inside the vehicles to look and see if anybody else is in there. Law-abiding people on public roads that they pay for Yanked out of the car, and then those vehicles, whether it be a car, a truck, a van, a semi, searched for anybody else and then arrested. But that's not all, folks. You're going to see people getting grabbed. What, what's happening is the police are encircling. The police are encircling crowds of people so they can't leave. And what they're doing is they're slowly 
pushing in on them and grabbing them one by one, two by two, and pulling them back to the, uh, to the brown shirts behind them and arresting them, clearing out the area. And so far, no Canadians are fighting back. So far, Canadians are being very peaceful. And I don't know what the right move is for the Canadian people. Only they can say what is right or what is not right when I'm, when it's, when I'm talking about just laying there and letting themselves be arrested or whether they were to take a stand and fight back. It's only for Canadians to, to be able to make that call. I can't say that. I'll have my opinions when we get down here to the United States and we do ours here. But, folks, let me play you this, uh, this video first of them going from vehicle to vehicle pointing their weapons inside the vehicle to remove anybody that is in there. What are you guys doing? Look at, look at the truck right here. Going right in his truck. People are saying the Emergency Act does not give you the right to do this. Now watch these guys. Watch this guy go in here with his gun pointed. Okay, we're gonna uh, we're gonna we're gonna go to another video real quick. Uh, I wanna I wanna have control of this with uh, with my cursor so I can so I can show you guys all what's going on. What you're about to see here now is Ottawa police actually hitting protesters on the ground and kneeing them in the back. Putting protesters on the ground and kneeing them in the back. They're just arresting them piece by piece. And that guy that they did that to was a wounded veteran, by the way. Now, he did nothing wrong. He, he did not attack the police. They're just moving in and circling and surrounding these people and taking them out piece by piece. That's what's actually happening here, folks. So I'm going to leave it at that for right now um, because we'll talk a little bit more about that in the first and foremost section. But that's military-style stuff that they're doing there. It's military. That is martial law. Canada is falling right before our very own eyes. Now, there's something that I and many Americans live by, at least we say we live by it, and I guess when the rubber meets the road, everybody will find out, and that is, I would rather die on my feet than live on my knees. I would rather die on my feet than live on my knees. And there's another saying that we here in America like to say, I'd rather be judged by 12 than carried by six. There is no way, ladies and gentlemen, there is no way that Americans are going to sit here and let this stuff happen to us. And I'm not saying Canadians are or they aren't. It's very hard when you're in that situation, especially when you have armed, trained, military-style um, action being taken against you. It's not a good sight to see. It really isn't. I'm devastated. It's terrible to watch. And there's far more footage than what I just showed you about what's really going on. There's some stuff that's really bad, actually. Okay? Beating women beating women. I chose not to play two videos where cops were literally beating a woman on the back, yanking her by her hair. Another woman was grabbed by the back of her hair and drug out of a, uh, and drug out of where she was, where she was protesting. What we need to do, ladies and gentlemen, is we need to pray. We need to pray and we need to ask God for his guidance. That's where we're at right now. And just because it's not Americans that this is happening to yet doesn't mean that we shouldn't be standing when our brothers and sisters up in Canada. This is not a far-right thing. This is not a right-wing extremist thing. This is a freedom. This is a freedom and a respect thing. And the government is not, ladies and gentlemen, in charge in Canada nor in the United States of America. They may think they are. They may act like they are. But they are not in charge. Let's go to the Lord. Let's just go to the Lord, folks. I want to do shout-outs like I do every day, but I think we need to get right to the Lord, and I think we need to put our heads down, and we really need to pray. February 18th, year of our Lord, 2018. Remember that I am both your rock and your redeemer. 
Though I am impregnable in my vast strength, I became a vulnerable man so I could redeem you from your sins. The more you take refuge in me, the more uh, more aware you become of my overflowing love. In me, you are utterly safe, for I am your rock of everlasting love. Psalm 46, 1 and 2 says, God is our refuge and strength and ever-present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear, though the earth give way and mountains fall into the heart of the sea. And Psalm 19:14 that says, May the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be pleasing in your sight, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. Psalm 19:14. And before you turn out the light tonight, it is the closeness to me that you realize how trustworthy I am. Take refuge in me. Folks, we really, really, really got to pray hard. And we really got to make sure that we're not acting out of uh, bloodlust or wanting the fight. But we also got to make sure that we do not let ourselves be pushed around anymore. I want to also ask for prayers, ladies and gentlemen, for Laura. Clint, one of the uh, viewers of the show who's been a viewer for a long time, has asked for prayers and anything that we can help Laura financially because Laura has six kids and she's doing it all by herself right now and she's battling attorney fees and, other, and, and a lot of other things and um, she, uh, she doesn't even have a vehicle. So I'm going to take some money out of the Slurp Fund and we're going to send it to Laura and uh, things that are donated today will also uh, uh, be uh, sent to, to Laura as well. So please pray for Laura. And before we get to the Lord's Prayer, I would also like to say happy birthday to Paisley, who is eight years old. God bless you, young lady. Very, very, very exciting to, uh, to reach almost that double digits. But Paisley is eight years old today. So before we go to the Lord in prayer, let's give Paisley a quick happy birthday. Now, I know I'm a little under the weather, but an eight-year-old girl likes anybody to sing happy birthday to her, right? So here we go. I'll try it. Me, 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 me. Here we go. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear Paisley. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, young lady. May it be a wonderful, wonderful birthday. God bless. Let's go to the Lord in prayer, ladies and gentlemen. If you are wearing a hat, please remove your hat. While we say the Lord's Prayer together from your lips to his ears, where there are two or more gathered, and I believe there are thousands of us gathered right now. Let's go ahead and do that together. Here we go. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. We can't go right. I mean, we can't go wrong with a a lot of God in our life, folks. We can't go wrong with a lot of God in our life. Let's... uh, Let's get ready to go to our, uh, our first commercial break here on Live from America, folks. This is Real America's Voice News. I am Jeremy Harrell. This is Live from America. It's an honor to be here with you guys today. And we'll be right back right after this. Please stay tuned. All right, to the live family. How you doing? Good to see you. I want to, uh, must be, must be some, I like somebody said, must be Freddie's nap time. <laughs> Use where it's needed. God bless you guys for the donations. We're going to get them right out to a mother of six, a, a single mother of six in need. Does it really even, do we really need to have, say anything else other than that? A single mother of six that is in need. I believe, folks, that we also have Roku and Fire Stick back up and going. And it looks like Getter is going too, and we got a couple hundred people watching on Getter. So let's go ahead and do some quick shout-outs real quick. Um, looks like we're looks like we're actually frozen on Getter. So give me a second here. 
No, uh, yeah, we got uh, Bev. How you doing? Good to see you, Bev. I actually feel a lot better. Thank you very much. Your prayers worked. I got some rest this afternoon. Patsy, how you doing? Kind embroidery. Barb says, working on the armor of God, mugs, and chatting, so I'll be in and out. Well, ladies and gentlemen, I would actually like to, um, to show you that we do have some new items on JeremyHarrell.com. I think I'll take this commercial break to actually show them to you. We got some new items up, so let me just... Um, let me, uh, can we get pull that up on a full screen? All right, perfect. That'll work. That will work. Okay, let's transition that over. All right, let's go down and show you some of the new items that we got on the store. Check these out. We've got the new blue armor of God. Roku working fine tonight. Well, thank you very much. Thank you, I appreciate it. Roku, I mean, armor of God, blue tumblers. Uh, armor of God, white tumblers. Thank you for the donations for uh, for that uh, mother of six. I p- appreciate that. We also have these awesome uh, metal Molan Labe uh, bullet water bottles. These things are incredible. So these are the three new items. We're going to have a few more items put on over the weekend as well. But these things are really great. I think this right here, this Armor of God tumbler, this blue one, this one is really awesome. I like this one. Check this out. Look at that. Beautiful. Beautiful armor of God tumblers, folks. So, yeah, we got those in, and I told you that I would show you when we got some of the new items on. So there you go. And, uh, again, folks, thank you for all the help for, for, uh, for Laura. It's, it's going to be incredible when, uh, when we can send a check out to her and she receives that in the mail. You know what I mean? It's, I can't even imagine. I have five kids. And Sabrina does pretty much everything. <laughs> I can't even imagine doing anything else, let alone raising six on my own, going through that kind of uh, going through that kind of a hard time. So we will be praying for you, Lori, and we'll be raising some money for you, and we'll get that out to you this weekend. Okay? God bless you, and we love you. All right, let's come back to the show and let's get into the first and foremost section. Okay? Here we go. Welcome back to Live from America, folks. We got a heck of a show lined up for you tonight. We also have a gubernatorial candidate for, um, for governor in Georgia. Um, I should, gubernatorial governor, gubernatorial candidate in Georgia, Candace Taylor. Forgive me. Forgive me. I'm still trying to come out of being under the weather. And uh, we got a lot to go through, but let's get back to Canada real quick. Okay, because Canada is literally becoming a totalitarian country right before our very own eyes. And if I could give any of the truckers or any of the doctors or any of the pilots who plan to join in on this American freedom convoy, if I could give you any advice and who knows, I may end up meeting you at your destination anyway, so I can go there and stand next to you. And if I get arrested, so be it. So be it. I haven't made that decision yet because I want to see when and where this actually does play out and if it's actually going where they say it's going. There's a lot in the works right now, but anyway, if I could give you any advice, it is stay peaceful until they violate your rights and make it not peaceful. Then, I, and this isn't just for Americans, this is for anybody around the world. This is common sense advice. This is common sense advice. Stay peaceful, but stand your ground. Stay peaceful, but stand your ground. Otherwise, it's nothing but a waste of gas, money, time, and energy. If you just plan on going somewhere to sit and wait until they come and suspend your driver's license, suspend your insurance, take your, do- take your money, seize your bank accounts, take your children, take your dogs, and then send you packing after they've arrested you and charged you with something, then what good is it to actually do it? If it's not going to have an actual end result, that the result is them listening to us, then it's a big waste of time. All you're doing is making headlines for a few weeks. That's really all you're doing. Yes, we can expose, like we've exposed the Canadian government as what they really are. But we already know that this government here in America is just like that government in Canada. Totalitarian, unless it fits their narrative. So the point, what is the point, ladies and gentlemen, in just going somewhere and sitting And I'm not saying get violent, and I'm not saying fight anybody. I'm saying have a strategy in place that does not end in what's happening to the Canadians right now. This is why I've been saying, look at what they do and learn from their mistakes. Because when this is all said and done, Trudeau 
If they if it keeps going like it's going today, where they just keep picking off little by little by little, arresting everybody and sending them home and nothing, then Trudeau wins. Then and not only does Trudeau win, globalists win and Canada will will be forever gone. This isn't anything that anybody else isn't already thinking. A lot of people are saying, be careful, be careful. Don't say that. Be careful. But listen to me, folks. Somebody has to say this. I don't care what, what TV host, what show host, what news pundit is afraid to say that. I'm not afraid to say that. It is what we're all thinking, so let's just go ahead and say it. It's called freedom of speech, and we have that here in this country. As a matter of fact, my freedom of speech earlier got me in a little bit of trouble. My freedom of speech earlier got me in a little bit of trouble with some of you. I got some nasty messages today saying, how dare you criticize what the greatest president in the history of this country has done? How dare you say that President Trump was wrong for doing something? Since when can we not have a difference of opinion on this show? Since when can we not have a difference of opinion on life from America and amongst each other? Nobody in the world does everything right. I wouldn't do everything right. I'm wrong a lot of the times. You wouldn't do everything right all the time. You're wrong sometimes. President Trump is not God. I can have a difference of opinion with the man. And I can still say he was the greatest president that this country's ever had. We'll take his rightful place back in the White House and we'll truly make this country better than it's ever been. And I can still say I believe he was wrong. But we have freedom of speech, so use it. One thing that I will never, ever do on this show is ever hold my tongue. I will say what's on my mind, and a lot of the time that gets me in trouble. I get it. Sometimes I grow from it. Sometimes others learn from it. And what I'm sitting here telling you today is, if we do the same exact thing that the Canadian people are doing right now anyways, which is just being peaceful until they arrest you, and then take you away, charge you, and then send you home broke, what is that really going to accomplish except for dominating the headlines for a few weeks, and exposing more of how corrupt the swamp is. Do we really need that reminder? You know what I mean? So, I understand that what the things that I say on this show sometimes get under people's skin. Remember the whole Catholic thing? But I also understand that some things need to be said because it's not just me that's thinking these things. And if I'm wrong, I will admit I'm wrong. But when, th- when it comes to this right here, what's happening with the Canadian people, and what, what, is, what the, uh, the, the military-style SWAT teams and police are doing to the Canadian people right now will not allow them a win. It just won't. You'll go right back to saying, yes, sir, I'll put that shot in my arm so I can go eat at Applebee's. Yes, sir, I will put that shot in my arm so I can drive this truck. So really, what, would it have comp- what does it accomplish other than proving that the Canadian government is exactly what we all knew they were, which is a totalitarian regime? We know we have it here already. Question is, how are we going to stop that from happening? And there are a thousand ways to stop that from happening. There are a thousand ways from stop that to, uh, to stop that from happening without shooting somebody or killing somebody or fighting somebody. All I'm saying is we got to be more strategic. And I want to thank the Canadian people for showing us and teaching us the rights, the wrongs, what to do and what not to do. Now, ladies and gentlemen, they are threatening to arrest journalists right now in Canada. Anybody who covers the Freedom Convoy, is, uh, they are threatening to arrest them. The Ottawa police have threatened to arrest members of the media who are covering the Freedom Convoy arrests. The threat comes just one day after a vow from the interim police chief, by the way, who actually is doing what they wanted him to do, which is why I believe the last police chief that got fired, (laughs) I believe he would not make the order, so they got rid of him, put this guy in, Steve Bell, and he's cracking down on these protesters, and he's sending people in. Quote, all media who are attending the area 
keep a safe distance and stay out of the police operations for your safety. Anyone found within areas undergoing enforcement may be subject to arrest. There will be media availability later today at 474 Elgin Street. The department tweeted out from their official account. So what they're really saying is, if your media then you need to stay away because we don't want you capturing us kneeing people in the side. We don't want you to capture us uh, grabbing women by their hair and abusing them. We don't want any more of that stuff getting out because it makes us look bad. So we're going to threaten to arrest you. We're going to say it in a nice way. We're going to say, oh, you don't want to go down there for your safety. But in one of those videos where that woman was being grabbed by the hair, there was a guy with a press, uh, he was, had a very expensive camera, and he had a press badge on right here. They even pushed him out of the way and said, get back. He was already, he, he, was, he kept saying, uh, he kept saying uh, I'm, I'm so many meters away. Apparently they have so, like a rule where you're supposed to be so many meters away as a journalist. I'm sorry, I'm looking at some of these stories. I'm trying to see which videos I can actually play and which videos I can't. Like I said, the last thing that I want to do is play a video of some woman being abused. You know what I mean? Anyway, folks. One of the things that bothers me the most out of all of this is right now, because of this emergency act, there is a prohibition on protesting. Okay? Do you want to know who that prohibition on protesting does not cover? Who's exempt from that? I'll give you a guess. Let's go ahead and read this. Trudeau's prohibition on protests exempts refugees, immigrants, and ethnic minorities. Justin Trudeau's crackdown on protests under an emergency order act specifically exempts refugees, asylum seekers, immigrants, and other ethnic minorities. The Canadian government's EMR, Emergency Measures uh, Regulations, order bans people from taking part in, quote, in a public assembly that may reasonably be expected to lead to a breach of peace. However, the law does not apply to, quote, any persons in a class of persons whose presence in Canada as determined by the Minister of Citizenship and Immigration or the Minister of Public Safety and Emergency Preparedness is in the national interest. This includes Indians, refugees, immigrants, asylum seekers, and protected temporary residents. Meanwhile, the Canadian um, citizens, the Canadian patriots, are being abused and stomped on, their hair being pulled, they're being kneed in the side, punched, grabbed, guns pointed at them, families destroyed, pets taken, insurance, driver's license gone, bank accounts seized. But if you are an ethnic minority, so does that mean that black truck drivers are exempt? No. This is just their little lie, folks. Anybody who is against what the government of Canada wants them to do is a terrorist, and this is what's happening to them, according to Justin Trudeau. According to little Justin Trudeau, or should I say, Fidel Trudeau, or Justin Castro. When you start locking up the press, when you start locking up your political opposition, and when you give asylum, I mean, when you give, uh, when you exempt asylum seekers, refugees, immigrants, and ethnic minorities... We already know you are full-on dictator Justin Trudeau. Full-on dictator Justin Trudeau. And I hope the Canadian people can figure something out real fast because this is not going to end well. We'll be right back. Real America's Voice right after this. Unbelievable, huh? Absolutely unbelievable uncalled for and sickening to watch this kind of stuff happen. Do you know they got snipers up on roofs? Did you know that? They have snipers up on the roof, literally ready to shoot people. And they're, and they're saying that they are rem- reminiscent of January 6th. That's what they're saying. They're saying that these Canadian people are reminiscent of January 6th. I have a video here that I'll show you. 
during this commercial break here now of exactly that. Watch this. These are rooftop snipers right now in Canada. Right up here. Look at this. And then right here. These are snipers on the roof of the Senate and one on the Rideau Center building. This is near the police line at Rideau and Sussex. Why would you need snipers if none of the people down there are armed? Why would you need that? Snipers on buildings. Why would you need that? Why would you need snipers against your own people who have not made any threats against you? Unless you are willing to shoot unarmed people and this is a form of intimidation. I feel bad for Canadians because they don't have the same means to protect themselves as we do here in America. And I'm not saying that Canadians don't have any kind of protection because they do, but not like America does. I don't know where this ends for them. I really do. When you have snipers on the roof and when they're coming in with military grade stuff and they're cracking skulls like that, where does it end? It ends one of two ways. It ends with all of those people just doing like I said, going back to their everyday lives now that their lives are destroyed or it ends in overthrowing a totalitarian government. I'm not calling for that. I'm saying that I predict there are two options here, two roads that we can go down. Let's come back and go right back to the show, shall we? Because I have a father-daughter dance to get to tonight. And you know what? Even though this is all important, my daughters think that the only thing that's important tonight is father-daughter dance. So I'm going to try to uh, wrap this up a little quicker than normal tonight, folks. Uh, but I got this. There's news, to, there's news to give you, and I have to give it to you. That's why I could not stay home tonight. You know what I mean? Welcome back to Live from America here on Real America's Voice News, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, let's go ahead and let's just... Uh, give the Dumb Dumb Award of the Day right now to Justin Trudeau. There's no way this ends well for you, Justin. Justine Trudeau. There's no way that this ends well for Justin Trudeau. Not in any way, shape, or form. So, ladies and gentlemen, I want to bring on um, our next guest of the night. Um, now, we've had her on a few times. We've had Candace on a few times before. And... Uh, just give me one second here. I want to make sure we got the, uh, hold on one second. I want to make sure that we have her pulled up correctly. I want to make sure that all the, uh, there it is right there. Okay. We've had Candace Taylor on before. Now, Candace Taylor, you don't know, and she probably should. She is the uh, gubernatorial candidate in Georgia that is not a rhino. She's the gubernatorial candidate in Georgia that thinks like you and I think. And she's the gubernatorial candidate in Georgia, ladies and gentlemen, who, uh, like, basically is causing waves right now because of her bus. Jesus, guns, and babies. Jesus, guns, and babies. So uh, uh, I'm, I'm, having a, I'm having a little bit trouble pulling you up here, Candace, but I do have you on audio. Um, so if you'd like to unmute yourself, at least, while, at least until we can get you pulled up um, and say hello to everybody, that would be great. Hey, y'all. I am in Vidalia, Georgia on my bus tour. I ran to get in the car so that I could hop on here and tell y'all that I am being attacked by the left. Apparently, Jesus, guns, and babies are triggers for the left. Who knew? We got you on now, so you can actually say hi to people. People can see you now. Um, yeah, so it seems like you're trending. On By the way, welcome back to Life from America. I got to give you the proper, you know, gentlemanly, southern, uh, you know, in, uh, hospitality that you're used to. So thank you for coming back on to Life from America. It's an honor to uh, always have you on here. You're an inspiration. You're a breath of fresh air, especially when it comes to rhinos in Georgia and uh, uniparty uh, swamp donkeys in Georgia. So... The reason why I asked you on tonight was for two reasons. One, because you're, you seem to be uh, trending on TikTok, and it seems like a bunch of liberals are melting down all over TikTok because of the fact that your bus has Jesus, guns, and babies. And the other reason I wanted to bring you on tonight was to talk about the, your opponents that you're up against, which is David Perdue and Brian Kemp. 
as far as Republicans go. I'm going to put that in quotes, by the way, Republicans. But let's go back to this thing on TikTok. So I went on there after we talked, and I did look it up. And there are liberals, heads exploding everywhere. And they're just saying, can you believe that this, look at this Republican, white, supremacist, racist, Jesus, guns and babies. What is, I mean, people are just losing their minds over something that we all hold dear right here in America. And that is Jesus, guns and our babies. How hard is that for them to understand? Yeah. And I, you know what? I'm sorry, but not sorry, because I love my father in heaven, Jesus. And that's why we have America is so we can worship him freely and I'm not going to shove him on someone else. They don't have to, you know, believe in him if they don't want to, that's their choice, but that's who I am. And that's why we have a country and I'm going to protect the second amendment right every single time. And that's why that's second. And then of course I'm going to protect life and they probably don't like this either, but there's a bunch of abortion clinics circling Atlanta that I'm going to shut down. It's murder. It is murder. And I've, and I've been saying on this show for quite some time now that we have a lot of fights we're working on. We're trying to fight the election, or, uh, the, the fraudulent election of 2020, I should say. We're trying to fight a dictator regime, just like Justin Trudeau up in Canada. We're trying to fight an economy that's about ready to explode because of inflation and debt. And I think the most important thing that we need to fight, and my primary goal, is to overturn Roe v. Wade. If we do not overturn Roe v. Wade, Candace, how can God ever bless this nation ever again? They can't. He can't. And, you know, it offends them so much. I'm saying guns, but would it offend them more if we did abortions with guns? Because they actually cut babies with with scissors and suck their brains out. I mean, I don't understand why guns are so offensive to them. I know. But abortion isn't. I know. Well, it's because... I would say a lot of it is because they're just brainwashed and indoctrinated. They've never experienced. A lot of these people that are saying women's choice, we should have abortions, have not actually experienced an abortion. You know what I mean? Now, some have, some have, and they're evil, and they're like, yeah, I've had 17 abortions. You know what I mean? I get that. There are those people. But a lot of these young girls, a lot of these young women, they've not experienced what an abortion is and what it feels like. And I have, and my audience knows that. I've been a part of an abortion, and I spend the rest of my life asking God for forgiveness every single day, even though he forgave me the first time I asked him because I feel that guilty for it. I know what it feels like. It's the most horrendous thing you could ever be a part of. And I was the man. I was just in the room with her when it happened. It was the worst experience of my life. I'm so sorry. And I'm so sorry you had to go through that. I've had friends that have had abortions before. They have had PTSD and they've experienced depression and suicidal ideation and all kinds of issues. It's very real. It's life. And when you take someone's life and an innocent life at that, if you are okay with that, then I'm worried about you mentally. Yeah, I am too. But yet they'll freak out over Jesus guns babies on the side of a bus. Yeah. And they say, I need a mental evaluation. I'm like, well, I have a PhD in counseling and I can diagnose you, but yeah, I'm sure I need a mental evaluation. That's where we are right now in our society. Candace, let's talk about, um, Let's talk about your two Republican opponents in this gubernatorial race. Brian Kemp and David Perdue. Aren't they buddies? Aren't they homeboys? Yeah, Yeah, they're like good old boys, literally. Like, they're best buddies. And so they don't want to talk bad about each other. And But then they're filing lawsuits on each other. It's crazy insanity times in Georgia right now. You know, Jeremy, it's like this. You can choose an establishment politician. You can you can pick your poison. We have three. We have Kent, Purdue, and Abrams. And, you know, they can say, well, Abrams is a Democrat. She's still a career politician. It's the same thing. Yeah. Or you can get someone to represent you that's like you, and that would be me. And it's your choice. It's your, you know, it's your right to choose who represents you the best. But we do have to get away from just automatically going with the celebrity politicians they don't represent us. They're not protecting our no. constitutional rights. They're not listening to the will of the people. And look, I'm not here to say I I have had the I don't want to say pleasure, but I have had the moment where I've spoken to Brian Kemp. I've never spoken to David Perdue. So I'm not here to say David Perdue is a bad man or a bad guy. It's not my call. I'm not gonna judge him like that. I do know he's weak. I do know he's a weak uh Republican. 
And I do know he is a politician, not a public servant. And so when I seen that you did not, when I saw, I should say, that you did not get the endorsement of President Donald J. Trump, and he put it behind Purdue, I was a little, I, I understand why, I get why, but at the same time, I don't like, I don't like this kind of game to say, look, we're going to play the game of politics to beat them at their own game, and we're going to put our, we're going to put our support behind somebody just because he is a businessman and a billionaire, but you can't have an, a conversation like this with David Perdue from what I see. You can't have just an honest-to-God backyard barbecue conversation with somebody uh, like David Perdue and Brian Kemp. It doesn't exist. So if the right endorsement was behind you, if the right money was behind you, you would be that person that would take out Kemp. And I still think that you can be, even though that all happened, because Georgians resonate with you. I'm a New Hampshireite, and I resonate with you. You know what I mean? So is that what you're seeing on the campaign trail? Are you seeing um, people resonate with you uh, in, in a way that, that uh, would, was going to help you get elected? Absolutely. People want real. That's why they elected President Trump. Even though he's a billionaire, he is down to earth and he represented us and, our, and what we want. And he said the things that we wanted to say. And the media went after him. You don't see the media going after Brian Kemp and David Perdue because they're not saying anything that's any different than every other politician. It's rhetoric. And they're mad at me and they're coming after me because I represent people and I scare the heck out of them. Well, good. Be scared because when I get in there, I'm going to represent the people and I'm not going to be in my knee and I'm not getting out of the race. And you can promise me an endorsement. You can promise me pack money and get me to try to run for another seat. Georgia's going to have a choice that will not be bought off. And that's going to be me. I'm not going to be in my knee to anyone. I'm not Vernon. You know, Vernon got out of the race. He's going to a house race and he has now been endorsed. And I'm sure he has some pack money that followed him. But I'm not doing that. I don't, I'm not going to be bought off and I'm not going to be sold out. I'm not, I'm not for sale. No, I, I, I agree. That's good. Um, have they, has, have people tried to get you out of the race? Have you been pressured to get out of the yeah. race? Yeah. A lot of GOP people in Georgia have reached out to me and, and some, some elected officials have reached out to me and asked me to please consider and, you know, put my support behind David Perdue. And I said, you know, David didn't fight for his own seat. And no, where has he been? fight for the past 15 months we've been doing trying to fix 2020 we're sitting here under joe biden that didn't win we're sitting under him and paying this astronomical gas prices maybe that doesn't affect y'all but it affects me i live on a two educator budget and it affects most of america and we're sitting here with an illegitimate president and nobody's doing anything about it and all of a sudden you want me to go support a man who couldn't even show up to, to debate john ossoff no thanks. Well, that's what that's what I that's my biggest problem with Purdue is he did not even fight. He didn't even fight the election fraud that he knew was there. But yet now he's talking about the election fraud that happened. You know what I mean? And good and I guess better late than never. Uh, but he's just he doesn't have that kind of new Republican Party grit that we need and that we are starting to have and pushing out all these good old boys. You know what I mean? It, to me. David Perdue equals Brian Kemp. Brian Kemp equals Mitch Mitch McChina. Well, I don't know that you're wrong, Jeremy. I mean, it's you look at the fruit. We look at the fruit, and we look at past behavior as the best predictor of future performance. And so we haven't seen fighters. We've seen very weak-kneed Republicans. I call them beta males, trying to make them mad. So maybe they'll say, no, I'm an alpha. Well, be one. Please, I need an alpha man in Georgia to do the will of the people yeah. and stand up. Tyrants. I wish someone would stand up, but they won't. And so I'm going to get in there and bust up their game. Well, you know what? You have my support. Um, I've endorsed you. I haven't made you a video endorsement yet. I'm a little under the weather, so I was waiting until I got back from, you know, a little time with my family and then and then get a little bit better so I don't look so uh, stuffed up and, 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 dry and beat down. But uh, I'm going to be making that for you and sending that to you because you have my full endorsement. Why? Because you're a real person. I've met you in person. We've spent time together. I think you're amazing. I think you're intelligent. I think your past work speaks for itself. And I just love what you're doing. I, I, I really do. And I think more people... People need to know who you are if they don't. Uh, I have it up on the screen, but where else can people find you, Candace? And where can they go and help uh, help your campaign out? CandaceTaylor.com. Y'all go join and be a volunteer. Y'all can donate $5, $25. This is a grassroots campaign. But we don't need millions. We're going to win off 
several hundred thousand dollars, maybe half a million dollars, and we're going to win like that. They think Yunkin was a surprise and, and the, the truck driver in New Jersey, but we're going to upset the whole country and they're going to be ecstatic in Georgia. They get representative representation like them. And I want to say, Jeremy, I appreciate you and what you do and that you do not bend your knee either. And we all love President Trump. He's wonderful. And I know that he thought, you know, David Perdue had name recognition and David Perdue is a self-funded, you know, multimillionaire. But he misread, he misunderstood Georgia. Georgia is not going to get behind Purdue. Kent has more support than Purdue does, and I have more support than Purdue. So it's not going to happen. And I and I, I know that President Trump will endorse me as soon as I win the primary. So oh, yeah. y'all hold on. To, oh yeah, I'm telling you, I love I love y'all. I love Jeremy, and we can do this. Don't don't think that you have to go with what somebody whoever endorses somebody go with who represents you the best that's right and 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 again a lot of people think that if we differ if we have a different opinion of, of president trump on an endorsement that that means that we're against him or something it doesn't mean that at all it doesn't mean that at all president trump has a job to do and we have a job to do and we'll all meet in the middle and we'll take it uh we'll take it to the end together so uh i gotta run candace but god bless you thank you for coming on we'll have you back on again for a couple more segments rather than just one segment and uh uh, keep up the good fight, okay? Thanks, Jeremy. God bless. See you later, on. Ladies and gentlemen, Candace Taylor. Again, we got to start putting these kind of people to the forefront. We got to start letting people know who some of these candidates are because they're great people and they can do great and wonderful things if we just let the people know who they are. That was Candace Taylor, ladies and gentlemen. I love her. I think she's great. I spent a lot of time with her and I think she'll do a great job. I think she will. Anyway, we're going to take another quick commercial break here on Real America's Voice. Be right back. So you guys already know, you know what I mean? Like when she said, thanks for not bending knee. Well, I do bend, I do bend knee. I do bend knee to God. You know what I mean? I do bend knee to God, but uh, she, she's right. We have to have, we have to stick to our guns and we have to stick to what we believe. Just like president Trump sticks to what he believes. And uh, he, and he, and he's great for that. He's the greatest person there is for a president, but and I know butts are for farting, but but uh, hopefully he would have give. Uh, hopefully um, she she wins that primary and then gets President Trump's endorsement uh, moving forward as she faces Stacey Abrams. That's our hope anyway, um, because we need fighters, guys. We just do. We need fighters, and uh, we need somebody who's like I said, backyard barbecue that can just look look you in the eye, shake your hand, and uh, and 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 you know take what you want you want them to do to that elected office. You know what I mean? Um, I pray Candace wins. Well, thank you. I seen some donations come in. Um, hopefully, the producer checks to see where those come, uh, where those are supposed to go. I did not see them all, but I appreciate it. Great shows today, Jeremy. Thank you. Uh, I appreciate it. Even though I was under the weather, I know it wasn't like we're used to having with a lot of enthusiasm and stuff. But I'm I'm pushing through it as much as I can. I do see a lot of people talking about gas prices on how much gas is where they are. Keep putting those in. I I like to gauge that kind of stuff so that I have all the information I can as far as where people are what people are spending where on energy. It's really important that we know that um thanks for that link i'll send a message about candace even though i live in oh didn't catch that sorry it should be an easy fight against abrams but due to lies and cheating it will not be 100 percent correct jeremy make sure you clear your head and have fun with your daughter tonight i definitely will i definitely will when i walk out of here tonight i'll clear my head and um and and we'll go and have a good father-daughter dance maybe i'll post some pics and stuff for you Thank you for coming, Jeremy. I hope you have a wonderful weekend. Thank you, uh, Barbara, and say hello to Jim for me, will you? You're so correct, brother. I think she would do a fantastic job. So do I. So do I, folks. All right, let's get back to it. Where are we going next? All right. Coming back and not talking about a very good story, I can tell you that. It's a sad story, but it's a story that needs to be told regardless. So here we go. And welcome back right here on Live from America, Real America's Voice News from New Hampshire, the live free or die Granite State. Uh, Candace Taylor, big shout out to her. She's absolutely amazing. And I hope she does um, an incredible job for Georgians. And, and wouldn't that be nice having Marjorie Taylor Greene, having Candace Taylor, those two strong women representing you out of Georgia? I think that would be a wonderful thing. I really do. All right. I want to share a tragic story right now of a woman named Yolanda Voslo. She took the Pfizer jab after being forced to take it 
and it has actually put her life at risk every single day for the rest of her life, literally from a life of health to a life of frailty. Let me read this for you. In a Facebook post, Yolanda Voslo detailed how her life has changed from being a very healthy and active person to someone whose body is incapable of fighting off even a simple inflammation and infection following her Pfizer shots. It all started when she received her first dose of the Pfizer vaccine. She had a cough and other issues like heart palpitations, shortness of breath, dizziness, headaches, and fatigue. Voslo wanted to take a, a different vaccine for her second dose, but she was advised to take the same vaccine that she had taken for her first dose. The nurse told her that the previous, her previous reaction was a common reaction with the Pfizer vaccine and would appear after three weeks, or disappear after three weeks, excuse me. Now, ladies and gentlemen, she has blood clots, inflammation, viral infections, which all contributed to the strain on her heart, chest pains, body aches, constant headaches and migraines, and feels exhausted all the time and can barely move on her own. Yesterday was a very scary day, she said. At around 9 o'clock, I was working at home in my office when I felt a sudden sharp pain in my chest and my heart beating wildly. I checked my heart rate on my Apple Watch, and it was 105. Normal for me is in between 57 and 64. I checked it three times, and it was at 111 and 115. My jaw was tight, my shoulders started to ache, and I felt like an elephant was standing on my chest. I thought this was it. I thought it was time for me to say... Bye, Felicia. At least she has some uh, humor in all of this. I laid on my back with my feet on the couch and started breathing deep and slow to calm down my heart. After 30 minutes, I got it down to 88. I called our medical center, and they squeezed me in at 1245 because I wanted to avoid the ED. Um, GP did not or did ECG, which showed my heart is under strain and some irregularities. So doctor told me to go straight to ED. I arrived at ED at 1.30 p.m. And oh boy, what an experience. I was treated like a COVID patient. Meaning that she was treated very badly and basically uh, secluded from the rest of the patients. And it goes on. I won't read the whole thing because it's very lengthy. But it goes on to tell you some pretty horrendous stuff about the way she felt. And I want to show you a picture of her. In there, she and, and let's see if I can pull this up. Now, this is probably the best picture of her. This is her in the hospital when she put herself in there. Now, the reason that I show you and tell you guys this, the reason why I'm reading this story to you guys is just so that somebody who's watching this, maybe you can show this to somebody who has not gotten the vaccine yet or who is talking about getting their second vaccine or their third, uh, third vaccine, which is a booster. This is the reason why I do these for you and read these testimonies for you is because the more information you or your family members have, the best decision you can make for yourself. I'm not here anymore to tell people to get it or not to get it. I'm here to give people information. People say to me all the time, would you stop talking about COVID? My answer to that is I can't. I can't because this is a story that just happened yesterday. And the more time goes on, I fear that more and more children that got these shots and got these vaccines and, bo and boosters and everything else, I have a feeling and fear that children are going to start seeing major problems. People who were pregnant and didn't have a miscarriage but had their baby but got the shot, I have a feeling that those children are going to see some very um, experience some very bad health issues within the next few years of their life. That is why I do this. And I ask Jesus to please cover all of these folks in an armor of God that took these vaccines and these boosters. They didn't know any better. They were told by people that they trusted to take them. And they took them. And look what happens. It's a sad state of affairs that we have to keep doing this. It's actually a worse state of affairs that if I do this, that I'm at risk of being arrested for giving out information that caused people harm who didn't take the vaccine. That's what they're doing in Canada right now. They're arresting YouTubers, not only for what they're talking about as far as the trucks go, but also about COVID. They're arresting YouTubers right now. Sad state of affairs, ladies and gentlemen. Now, here's a worse sad state of affairs. You ready for this? The CDC has quietly changed the guidelines on children's age-specific speech expectations. 
following two years of devastating mask mandate policies. Now, what's bad about this, folks, is that what this means is that children's speech expectations at, let's say, age four have now been moved to age six. What children were expected to be able to, to, uh, to speak and to say at age four, they're now saying that, those, that, that, same, that same level of, of, uh, of intelligence is now raised the expectation to age six. If it's age two, they've raised that expectation to age four. This is dumbing down our children because of the fact that they were strapped with masks and talking isn't just about moving your lips and having people hear it. Talking is about your facial expressions. Talking is about the way people see your lips move. And when you're a child, when you're two years old, three years old, or four years old, you have to see how words are, are spoken so that you can understand how, they, how to properly uh, sound out words and letters. And right now it is really destroying our children, folks. Let's read this a little bit. It's not a good story at all. And we knew when President Trump said we cannot let the disease or the cure be worse than the disease. This is the kind of stuff that he was talking about. The American Academy of Pediatrics said that 67.7% of the changes to early childhood milestones were moved now to older ages in the recent study commissioned by the CDC. Of course, the reason is because they masked toddlers for two years for no good reason, and now children are suffering. There were no screaming headlines when they released this information early last week. As a matter of fact, I am just starting to talk about it right now. I'm just starting to talk about it right now. This is crazy. The American Academy of Pediatrics, like I said, 67.7% of the changes to early childhood milestones were moved now to older ages, approximately two years older. Approximately two years older. So now, folks, we know that they lied again, and of course, they told us that masking would not affect childhood development. They told us that for the first seven months of our children being masked up. This is not going to bother childhood development. This is not going to infringe on that in any way, shape, or form. Here we are, quietly changing all of that information. That wasn't a headline on CNN. That wasn't a headline even on Fox News. Want to know why? Because it was all part of the plan. It was all part of the plan, and even if it wasn't, they don't want to admit that they were wrong. Very, very sad. Now, I want to tell you a little story before we go to this last commercial break. My kids go to a Christian academy, which is a private school. Now, we got a lot of help from, uh, not from the state of New Hampshire, but in New Hampshire, businesses in the state actually, at the end of the year, they donate a ton of money from their business to this fund. And this fund goes for kids to be able to get tuition to go to different schools and get out of public schools. It's a great system we have here in New Hampshire. My four-year-old daughter right now can speak better, pronounce words better, understand and have logic that is, mo- that is better than a six and a seven-year-old in public school here in our town. And the reason I know this is because we live right next to a school. I'm constantly going by that school. And all last year and so far this year, these kids are coming to school completely masked up. And when they take their masks off outside, if they do, because it seems like they just keep them on all the time now, and you hear them talk, they have um, not lists, not lists, but they talk like they're two years old. You know what I mean? Like when you say water bottle, they say water bottle. You know what I mean? They don't pronounce that L. They don't pronounce that silent E. They don't have the proper pronunciation. And again, my four-year-old daughter can outspeak any one of those six- and seven-year-olds, and that's sad. And it's not just because of COVID. It's actually because of how bad the public school systems are. Academically, Christian schools and private schools, charter schools, are far uh, ahead of public schools academically. But just in regular, everyday conversation, children are failing and they are losing and they are missing out on the American dream. They are missing out on those early childhood years of happiness. And as they get older and they get into their teenage years and they get into their adult years, ladies and gentlemen, it's going to get even worse. It's going to get even worse. They're going to have deficiency problems that are worse than any generation in the last 80 years. 
take a last commercial break here on Real America's Voice News. Look, all I can say, folks, is we got to pray and we got to keep fighting. Pray and keep fighting. We'll be right back right after this. Like I said, it's a sad state of affairs. Now, we had a looks like we had a pretty small audience tonight. I would assume that's because it's Friday. Maybe that's because people didn't agree with what I said earlier. But it's kind of nice to not see the chat go so fast tonight so I can actually read some of what you guys are saying. Jeremy is much calmer for the second show of the day. <laughs> I know. I know. It's because I get it all out in the morning. Um, public is three to four years. Not concerning no, what you said by, there, uh, by that, but I just caught that last part. Jeremy, can you help me see if we have something similar in GA for private schools? I want to keep my daughter at the school she is going to this year, and my youngest supposed to be uh, to start pre-K. Well, yeah, I can, I can, uh, I can see if where what states actually do that. See, here in New Hampshire, this wasn't something that we copied from another state. This is something that we actually did on our own, and it was because we uh, our legislation here was was really terrible about letting kids go to the school of their choice. So parents just took their matters into their own hands, and businesses started. Um, forking out that money so children could uh, submit, a, uh, submit a request and hopefully qualify for it, and our kids did. I hadn't noticed I am only able to listen today. Huh. You're not being able to see it? That's sad. I'm sorry. Sorry to hear that. Alexa says, I love your passion. I wish I had a little bit more of it right now. I wish I was a little bit more awake, and I apologize for that. Next week, don't worry, we'll come out, we'll come out heavy. We'll come out heavy next week. Uh, No, Jeremy, people didn't leave because if what you said. Well, maybe. You never know. It happens sometimes. I know know at least one person did. I got that message today. I'll never watch you again. I'll never watch you again. What can you say? Anyway, let's come back from this break and close out the show. Here we go. Welcome back to Live from America, folks. It's been a great week with you here on Live from America, here on Real America's Voice News. We've got the best audience in the world. We may not have the biggest audience in the world, but we definitely have the best. And I don't know any other show that collectively helps people that are really, really hurting. Um, and I just think it's great. It's great what you guys have created, and it's great what you've done. But let's close the show out strong real quick here, folks. Before I play you this last video to put a smile on your face, I want to tell you a very, very, very um, troubling statistic. Right now, nearly 40% of Gen Zers identify as LBGTQ. And even worse, folks, 30% of young Christian Gen Zers identify as LGBTQ. That means basically one out of every three children that are Gen Z or young people that are Gen Z identify as LGBTQ. What's even worse, folks, is what's caused a lot of this, as far as the, the, the 30% of young Gen Z Christians, is all those rainbow flags sticking up outside of churches for virtue signaling. Obviously, Jesus is about acceptance. Obviously, a church and its body is about acceptance. You don't need to throw up a rainbow flag on the front of your church to virtue signal to let people know that Jesus is forgiving and inclusive and accepting. So they did it for a reason. And that was to partner with the LGBTQ community to turn everybody more. The idea at first was to get everybody to be more accepting. Now they just want everybody to be gay. That is why they push it out in front of your face so much. We have kids that we know that go to public school that now say that they're lesbians and they're like seven. I'm, I'm a lesbian. You're seven. I'm gay. You're nine. How do you know? I don't know. It's just cool. So, ladies and gentlemen, there's a lot of twisting of, of, of society by the devil. The devil does a lot of cunning things to take over things and twist them, right? Just like the Democratic Party twists the word racist and all that. So, I want to end the show today by showing you a video of a guy that I thought was, it was a pretty cool video. I saw this video, and I thought this was pretty cool. And this guy explains how even Satan has twisted astrology, and used it as a zodiac sign, which is basically witchcraft. And this guy explains exactly how the devil does this stuff, but this time using astrology. Check this out. This is a pretty cool video. It's very interesting anyway. The whole Bible is about Jesus from start 
to finish. And keep in mind, the devil can't create anything. He only takes the things that belong to God and perverts it. Psalms 19 says, The heavens declare the glory of God, and the skies proclaim the work of His hands. Day after day they speak, and night after night they give knowledge. What does that mean though? In Job 38-32, God mentions the Maseroth, and Maseroth means constellations. And the constellations are mentioned many times, especially in Job. Now what if I told you that God put the entire story of Jesus in the zodiac? The Bible tells us that Jesus was slain before the foundation of the world, which means the story of his death and resurrection was already set in stone before the world was even created. And God put it in the constellations. If you look at the Jewish calendar, the year doesn't start in January. It starts in September, ends in August. And the constellations of September and August are Virgo and Leo. And if you look at the grouping of stars in each constellation, they tell a story. Starting at Virgo with the Virgin giving birth to a seed and ending in Leo with the lion crushing the head of the serpent. See now the Bible tells us that no one has an excuse for not knowing who Jesus is. And this is because God put the story of Jesus in the sky for us to see year after year the story repeats over and over again and if you think that's crazy there are 12 constellations 12 tribes of israel 12 disciples 12 foundations in the new jerusalem do you think any of this is a coincidence no this was the plan of god from the beginning the devil just twisted it and changed the meaning of the stars the, devil the position of stars in the sky have the devil just twisted it and changed the meaning of the stars, and that's what the devil's good at doing. Twisting things, changing the meaning of things, just to prey on the weak. Pretty interesting video. Anyway, folks, there are right ways and wrong ways, but there's only one Yahweh. So stand up tall, keep your shoulders back, keep your chest out and your head up high, because you are a child of God, and no weapon formed against you will ever prosper. You find value in the show, please visit JeremyHarrell.com. Check out the new items on the store, become a monthly donor, and sign up for the newsletter. God bless each and every one of you. I'm heading out. I'm going to a father-daughter dance. See you guys on Monday. Have a great weekend. Bye-bye. Long as I'm bleeding, I'ma never stop screaming that we first in America.